Welcome, welcome to another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. He's Reggie Rizzo. I'm Marcus Paff. On today's episode, could the secret to a good night's sleep be found in your local produce section? Plus, to look and feel young again, one company's made it a competition. We'll explain that plus this day in history coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. Well, we've all been there, lying awake in bed, wondering if we'll ever fall asleep. And many of us have likely tried a variety of products and tactics, for that matter, to try and get us off to dreamland, from melatonin to alcohol to yoga before bed. But have you ever considered fruit as a potential solution? A recent sleep charity study produced five tips for better sleep in 2024 with fruit consumption before bed topping the list. More specifically, bananas, of course. Sleep Charity says bananas in particular can help you drift off due to their high level of magnesium and potassium, each of which helps to relax muscles. Bananas also contain the amino acid tryptophan, more often associated with Thanksgiving turkey, at least in my mind, which stimulates production of brain-calming hormones. Fruit also encourages the production of melatonin, the naturally occurring hormone that plays a big role in how well you sleep. Of course, I think many of us are familiar with that. Sky News citing a study published in a special issue of Antioxidants in Health and Disease, of course, one of Reggie's favorite publications, says grapes, tart cherries, and strawberries are the best sources of melatonin among fruits. And while fruit tops the list, it's not the only food that can help you catch some Z's. The Sleep Charity also recommends almonds, fish, whole grain cereals, and oat cakes with cheese to help you drift off. And if you're familiar with this product, I, I was not. Marmite, the British food spread based on yeast extract and made from byproducts of beer, contains natural substances that help induce sleep. Uh, Regardless of what you're eating, it's important to keep your pre-bedtime meal light. Eating a large meal before bed can lead to discomfort and indigestion. Been there, done that. And of course, spicy food in particular is a recipe for disaster, although that may not just be before bed. Uh, Similarly, high-carbohydrate foods like bread, pasta, and rice can stimulate your acid production and keep you up longer, while too much chocolate can subject you to a caffeine overload. So watch that. So what else, Tom? Sleep Charity's list of things to help you doze off. Well, some of these things are a bit more intuitive, at least in my mind. Switch off your screens. Screens can suppress the body's production of melatonin. So your phone, your iPad, your tablet, whatever it is that you utilize throughout the day, try not to be using that at least a half hour before bed. Uh, Try relaxing activities like reading. That's also on the list. A bath even shortly before bed can help meditation. Okay, been there, tried that as well. Finally, create the ideal bedroom environment. The charity says making your room cool, dark, and quiet is key, along with keeping clutter out of sight. So Reggie, I ask you this, have you ever tried consuming a banana before bed to help you get some sleep? That sounds absolutely terrible. I don't mind bananas, but that taste just stays in my mouth, I feel like, for hours that wait, wait, I, wait, wait. I, you don't you don't mind bananas but yet you hate the taste it's it's like the aftertaste you know you, it tastes different and it, it kind of sticks around and then i'm going to be stuck tasting that all night so <laughs> I, I can handle some but of the other asleep. options no i'll have trouble sleeping because i'll taste banana it's not going to work <laughs> 
fair enough. So what is it that you do to try to to uh, get some rest? I usually stretch before I go to sleep because otherwise I get like a little restless leg. So mm-hmm. I stretch to work the muscles a little bit. And that usually helps. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good way of doing it. I, I have tried yoga before bed. I'm not a regular yoga practitioner, but I will admit when I do it, it definitely helps relax me, at least if you do the right type of yoga and uh, and get some sleep. So that's certainly uh, on the top of my list. I'm probably going to try this, though. I do enjoy a banana from time to time. And unlike you, I guess I don't have as much of a problem with aftertaste that comes from it. So we'll see. I'll report back. Uh, you could also try, though, Reg, the grapes or tart cherries or strawberries. Those are also options. I feel like I'd get seeds in my teeth and have be working on those. I mean, I could brush my teeth before I go to bed, but I don't know. I don't know. I... <laughs> you're, you're loaded with problems, man. <laughs> XPRIZE HealthSpan just unveiled its largest incentive-based technology competition. Some of the biggest names in longevity research, along with some startups, are entering the $101 million seven-year competition to develop a therapy that can restore at least 10 years of muscular function, cognition, and immune function for people between the age of 65 to 80. Wait, 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 65 to 80. Can we, can we talk about this for all ages? Because I would gladly take 10 years off. I think this is the initial goal. I mean, once they come up with this stuff, yeah, we'll, we'll take the the years off until we all look like babies. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. The top prize will go to the team who does the best job creating the de-aging therapy that can be administered in a year or less. According to Peter Diamandis, the founder and executive chairman of XPRIZE, they originally planned on a longevity competition, but realized that waiting 20 years to hand out the prize just wasn't feasible. We shifted from longevity to really looking at age reversal first, and then functional restoration second. Doesn't really matter what your epigenetic age is, Do you actually feel stronger? Do you have the muscle, immune, and cognition you had 10 or 20 years ago? Because at the end of the game, that's what really matters, end quote. They're still working on some competition guidelines, but teams can already start registering at the XPRIZE HealthSpan website. What is known about the competition is that after two years, judges will select up to 40 teams to receive $250,000 progress awards and be asked to continue their research after three to four years, 10 teams will get a million dollars and get to continue working on the therapy. The grand prize of the competition will be paid out in 2030 if the key milestones are reached. If the team manages to uh, restore 20 years of muscle, immune, and cognition, that team would win $81 million. If 15 years is restored, they could win $71 million. And if the therapy only brings back the minimum between 10 to 15 years, they would receive $61 million. $40 million of the $101 million prize is set aside to cover the cost of operations. 18 donors are providing the funding for this program. Hevolution, which is a Saudi foundation on longevity research, is putting up $40 million. Lululemon founder Chip Wilson added $26 million, with the rest of the money coming from the other 16 donors. Uh, Wilson, as a side note, uh, also has another fundraiser out there, He put up $10 million for therapies designed to restore 10 years worth of muscular function for patients with FSHD, one of the most prevalent of the nine primary types of muscular dystrophy affecting adults and children. Wilson suffers from FSHD along with 870,000 other people in the world. 
Jamie Justice, an adjunct professor that is focusing on genetic medicine at Wake Forest University School of Medicine. Uh, she is also the executive director of XPRIZE Healthspan. She said the competition comes at a key moment for the study of aging and longevity. Our life expectancy has more than doubled in the last 100 years, but our healthy life has not increased in the same time, she said. And also, currently, there's about a 10-year period where we now have to spend at the end of life in poor health. That's a lost decade that we need novel, innovative solutions in order to make up, and that's what this prize is really poised to do, end quote. The last competition XPRIZE had was a carbon removal contest that's being funded by Elon Musk. They had 1,600 teams enter that one. They're hoping to exceed that amount for this contest. Mitchell Lee, the CEO and co-founder of a Seattle startup called Orna Biomedical, is definitely in, he said. You better believe that Aura Bio Biomedical is running after that prize, end quote. In an email to a GeekWire, uh, Lee also said that he and a small team are very excited to hear about the XPRIZE healthspan. We fully believe in small molecule interventions that target biological aging and that they're the next revolution in health. We developed our Wormbot AI drug discovery platform with the goal of identifying the most powerful lifespan extending interventions. One of the better known possible contenders is a Harvard geneticist, George Church. He co-founded a longevity startup, Rejuvenate Bio. According to Church, the XPRIZE healthspan competition can definitely be won in the time frame that it is set up for, thanks to cutting edge technologies that include stem cell reprogramming, gene editing, and AI-enabled molecular analysis. So what do you think? You ready to be 10 years younger? I'm ready, Reg. I will take this as soon as they are prepared to give it to me. So yeah, let's let's get this done. And you know what? I'm excited to hear about this so that in another 10 to 20 years, when I, in all likelihood, will really need it and be looking for that, hopefully it's ready to rock and, and I can feel at least as good as I do today at that point. If you can afford it. I wonder what this will end up costing at the end of the day <laughs> yeah. as well. Good point. Good point. This podcast isn't paying for that. <laughs> no. Taking a look back in time this week in 1934, the steam locomotive Flying Scotsman, built in 1923, became the first to officially exceed 100 miles per hour. She was retired in 1963 and recently underwent major restoration at the National Railway Museum in York, England. Of course, steam engines were first conceived of in the late 1700s, with the first viable model being produced in the early 1800s. They worked by using a combustible like coal to heat water in the locomotive's boiler, which expands and becomes gaseous. The steam is admitted alternatively to each end of its cylinders in which pistons are mechanically connected to the loco's main wheels. Many of the earliest locomotives for commercial use on American railroads were imported from Great Britain, but in 1830, the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad's Tom Thumb, designed by Peter Cooper, was the first commercial U.S.-built locomotive to run in America, this per the Purdue University Press. The introduction of electric locomotives around the turn of the 20th century and later diesel electric locomotives spelled the beginning of the end in terms of the use of steam locomotives, although it was some time before they were actually phased out of general use. And if you're wondering what the fastest steam locomotive of all time was, that record belongs to Mallard. 
as on July 3rd, 1938, she broke the world speed record at 126 miles per hour, which still stands today. Reggie, if you go back in time to the early 20th century, and you talk about a vehicle exceeding 100 miles per hour. It was just a couple of days ago on this show, we were talking about automobiles racing at seven miles per hour. So I can only imagine what this feat felt like, uh, you know, if you're just your Joe Blow average citizen reading about it in the newspaper at the time, it had to have been absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I would think it would seem, like you said, unfathomable. Like they can't really comprehend that something is going that fast you know back then i mean think of moving pictures when those first started how mm-hmm. how the shocked they were at that and you tell them that yeah we can go 126 miles per hour yeah i don't know if how many would actually believe that they were they're actually traveling that fast yeah no doubt and it makes me wonder and we've said this before about other stories but what stands to happen in the next 100 years we won't be around to see it unless of course we get the therapy that you were talking about in your previous story and perhaps uh but but, uh, you know, I, I imagine a lot of things that you and I would have never even thought possible. I do wonder what they're going to have in the next 100 years, which, you know, talking about all this time travel and a locomotive, you, you have to have <laughs> Back to the doing. Future 3 in your head right now, right? <laughs> it was on my mind. It was on my mind, too. Yeah. They, they just need to get that train to 88 miles per hour. That's all they need. <laughs> Before the bridge is out, of course. <laughs> yeah. Got to get back to 1985. Great, Scott. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. I'm Reggie Rizzo. He's Marcus Path. If you have any thoughts, questions, anything you want to email us about, you can reach us at coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. Also, you know, go out, feel free, leave us a five-star review if you enjoy the podcast. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.